Welcome to the Elster Business Podcast. In this episode of the Ulster Business Podcast, I'm joined by Jack Hamilton of Match Direct. Jack is the sixth generation of his family farm in Comber in County Down. And in the last few years, Match Direct has grown from a small micro business to a company with a turnover of £24 million and 240 staff. We are also joined by Darren McDowell of Harvard Holland to speak about the wider picture. Jack and Darren, welcome to the Ulster Business Podcast. Thank you, John. Thank you so much, John. Uh, Jack, first of all, you know, if we start with the company, with Match Direct, um, it's grown from a, a small, you know, I suppose micro family business into an SME with a, a much larger global reach. Um, just talk to me just where the company, I suppose, where it is at today in terms of sort of sales, staff and, and the markets it's working within. Yeah, John, we, we grew, as you said, there from supplying into uh, into local stores here, where we are in County Down, supplying into two independent stores. Uh, we went then, then went from there supplying into St. George's Market, where we were able to develop from there into supplying into larger retailers, supermarkets uh, in Northern Ireland, then the Republic of Ireland, then Scotland, and then on to England and export markets. Uh, and we've really grown from there with the, the fantastic retail support that we've got here in, in Northern Ireland being the, the backbone uh, of the business to, to get us going. And now we're in a position uh, where we're delighted to say that we're supplying over 9,500 stores right the way around the UK and Ireland, as well as some export markets in Hong Kong, Singapore, Dubai, and Qatar, to name a few. Mm-hmm. And then just in terms of sort of the size, in terms of staff and, and how big the company, I suppose, is, uh, it's obviously still a family business, but how many people do you have working for you, I suppose, compared to compared to the start of the business? We are indeed, yeah. We, we started off with a, a handful of people here, uh, and we've grown that into a, a fantastic business of 240 people here mm-hmm. with, a, uh, with a turnover of over 24 million uh, on the site here, uh, all of a uh, single site here in Gumber County Down. And in terms of that sort of expansion, is there any sort of, you know, is it, it's supposed to be, I suppose, organic growth and, and, and ambitions to kind of create new markets and go into new markets, but is there any sort of scope for, for needing a bigger facility at some stage and moving elsewhere, or is, is it all going to happen kind of on site where you're at at the moment? Our plans are very much to, to continue to invest in our site and our local community here in, in Gumber. Uh, grown here this is where the family farm is i'm generation number six on the family farm so it really is very much about uh driving the business from here where we're surrounded by incredible raw materials uh with the uh, obviously the the uh cumber spud being a key part of it uh but it's much much more than that the the land that we have around us and the way it's been looked after for generations means uh that really this is um this is gonna be the driving force of the business we've got the short supply chains by Growing the veg as well as as well as processing it here on the site and sending it out chilled. Uh, that being said, we have uh, we have continued to invest over the years in the site, um, which has gone, undergone a huge uh, expansion in the factory in the last two years, which has been uh, phenomenal. Uh, just, we've had so much demand for our beer battered chips and our beer battered onion rings, uh, to name a few products that have been going really well for us over the last few years, and that's necessitated us to to continue to expand uh, with the development of a new. Fryline new facility here, as well as new offices uh, for new staff, um, which has been brilliant to get that up and running. And really proud of the new factory here. I just wouldn't uh, wouldn't recommend to anybody building a building a factory through a pandemic. Uh, if anyone's thinking of it in the near future, it's a uh, it's uh, it's a challenge in and of itself. Uh, but one that we are we are delighted to have that capacity here with the especially the new chilled warehousing uh, and the automated systems we've got in place now. 
And Jack, you, um, I, I asked you this question, and then Darren can maybe weigh in as well, just speaking more generally about um, some of the clients he's working with. Uh, the, you know, the cost of doing business, I suppose, is, is at the very center of almost every discussion that we're having at the moment. Um, what's the biggest impact for yourselves and the challenge for your business in terms of increasing costs, for example? Oh, energy. Oh, it's, it's, it, uh, it's all about the energy cost. I mean, it's, it's you, hear, um, you hear people on the radio and on, um, on the TV quite a lot of them talking about uh, the increase in energy and food prices. And two seen as two different things, but really the, the key driver, which is driving food prices, that we're living through an energy crisis. Like that's what it comes down to. And really, you know, it's 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 all about uh, the government needing to have um, some sort of direct intervention in the energy markets where that's what needs to happen very, very quickly for, for lots of food businesses out there uh, to ensure that um, we can keep food prices to within you know the most manageable level. Because I mean, for all of us in the food industry, you know, we're all you know, we're we're so heavily connected in with uh, with communities we work in and we see the impact through of rising food prices and that you know, obviously in all of our interests to keep food prices uh, as competitive as possible uh, because we all understand that you know the impact uh, of rising prices and that's where you know there have been well energy is definitely one of the is the number one headwind uh, that we're all facing into uh, being in Northern Ireland has offered us uh, an advantage here in that um, on the other side of it, for veg here, we've had a fantastic harvest and we're looking at a really, really uh, productive um, farm this year with the weather that we've had. Uh, certainly, we've, we've had a, a much better season than, for example, the south of England or Scotland have had. Um, so while we've got big energy challenges on one side, we have been uh, we have been fortunate with the way things have gone on the farm. Um, and that'll really help us to to control prices for the next few months as well. And Jack, just, you know, speaking of some of the other businesses that are manufacturers are in particularly heavy industry, you know, um, I was speaking to one business whose energy costs had gone up between, uh, within the space of 12 to 18 months, uh, 50 to 200 million pounds. Uh, just what sort of, you know, and even sort of price modelables or percentages, how much, have you, how much are you seeing as, a, as an increase in prices for yourselves? Yeah, I mean, to get to give an example of just the the gas markets. I mean, the gas markets obviously at the start of the year you were looking at um, a price per therm, um, you know, price per therm, which was a tenth of what we're looking at now uh, in the gas markets. I mean, that's you know, anyone anyone who's in the open market is fully exposed to that. Uh, and then electricity markets are ramping up and ramping up. So it's it's a really crazy time to be living through. Um, it's it's one of those things that I don't think you know. I'm, I'd be I'd be a bit younger myself, so I'm tra- trying to chat to anybody who's a bit older and wiser on these things. Anyone who's ever seen anything like this in the ener- energy markets before, and the, the consensus is that nobody's seen anything quite like this uh, to this level, um, uh, certainly of, of affordability. So it's really just about having a clear strategy about what, what we do. If, you know, gas hits 400 pence per therm, 500, 600, 700, 800. Uh, the whole way through, uh, and having a strategy for that as we uh, as we work our way through the next uh, twelve to twenty four months. Or- and, and Darren, just from your own perspective, then what are you sort of saying when you're speaking to clients at the moment? What are the main issues that are are being raised there? It's exactly as Jack's saying there. I mean, particularly those in production, John, are, are just trying to face down this very um, once in a lifetime yet again movement on energy prices. But as I, I reflect on Jack's point there, well, one of the things that strikes me that um, which would be what we would hammer on about in the background here, the, the importance of the sector that Jack's business is operating in, you know, that, that community involvement that Jack mentioned there, uh, you know, the backdrop of a family business in Jack's case, that there is an alertness to 
the communities that, that the business is working in and the, the teams that are that are working. I assume Jack and you know that 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 I think might in in bigger markets and coded companies be you know viewed as a a very long term point, but I think it's part of the power that gives these businesses the the importance that they have in the economies both here and further afield. It's that ability to take a long term view, and it's interesting just to hear Jack Jack mention that because. None of this is easy, but but it, it's more than just bumping up the prices. I think there needs to be a balanced a balanced view. But uh, so yes, what we're saying we're saying a lot of that. But it's encouraging and no surprise to hear to hear Jack talking through how they're going to deal with it. And Jack, another issue this was it comes up as well is and it's different sectors for different reasons. But is staff um, and staffing an issue for you as a company as well as in trying to get staff, trying to retain staff? Yeah, we've got a fantastic team here. Um, that's been, you know, the, the people are obviously what, what makes us here at MashDirect. Um, so what what we're finding is that while it has been a very challenging, uh, very challenging time, uh, the team have really helped us drive through it um, in the sense that you know, it's been challenging when we're out there and chatting openly and management meetings and saying, look, here's, here's the cost of energy markets and this is going to impact on our decisions around investments in the next few months. Uh, the team have worked together to find continuous improvements to help the company continue to develop and find innovations which are cost effective. So um, it is certainly it, it's a challenging market to operate in, uh, and that includes the the labour market. But it's the the team who have really driven the improvements here uh, the whole way through uh, the whole way through the business. Uh, and just on the that um, Darren mentioned there, um, just about the the wider context on on where we're getting to. You know, that's it's the the drive and continuous improvement that the team has driven here that have allowed us to find those efficiencies and that's that's what means we didn't pass on inflationary prices for quite a quite a long period of time at the start of this year uh we held back and we had a strategy of essentially reinvesting as much as we could into our price uh, as a business and looking at price as the the key investment we needed to make because we didn't think that consumers uh you know out there with their shopping baskets looking what's their shelves had a real comprehension of just the the sheer amount of cost that was getting passed on to businesses at the time. Um, and that the number one place that panic would be generated is that started hitting through on the supermarket shelves. Um, so that's you know, that, that's a key consideration for us because there's only there's only a certain price that people are willing to go up to when it comes to food before they'll consider going somewhere else. I mean that we're seeing that. And Darren, just a bit of a, a sort of a sideways look at things now. It's separate, I suppose, from what we're talking about. But you know, working in the the sector that you're working in, professional services and that kind of thing, it, we've heard a bit of about this at the sort of the end of the moratorium on um, winding up and commercial debts and the, the sort of reopening of the courts. Um, are you predicting? Are you seeing anything at this stage that will see an indication of a sort of a glut of companies here? Maybe have been holding off for a long time and now with the courts back active again, with a lot of these things in place no longer there, that we will see sort of a slew of, of companies, unfortunately, you know, either going to the wall or going through some form of winding up or liquidation? Yes, I mean, I think look, we, we have a couple of insolvency practitioners on our team here, but we, we have yet to see that materialize in, in the sector that we're operating in. However, a number of the clients that we're now engaging in meeting with you are beginning to hear um, you generally come across it when you're working through de- debtors and all the rest of the customers that are owing them money. And you, you, you are now starting to hear 
stories of difficulties starting to emerge. So I think, yes, I think we're all expecting some movement on uh, on that in that space in the coming in the coming months, John. Um, how quickly I think we've all been surprised how how, how well we have fared over the, the last number of years. But in in part, that's been assisted by good government support, I guess. And and we're heading into energy crisis and. Um, I mean, staff shortages, it's interesting, Jack has been able to, once again, reassuring, I think, given the, the, the sort of business that he's operating, that it, isn't, it wasn't something that he felt was a, had been a major issue in terms of finding people. Many, many of our clients, uh, possibly because of how things have shifted over COVID, are finding real difficulty in finding staff, which is another um, moving piece in all of this and, and the associated effect on, on, on wage costs when you're trying to secure staff that are in short supply. Yeah, I think on the staffing point, I mean, I think for us, uh, Darren, just on that, I mean, I think where I'm saying, you know, I'm not saying it isn't isn't a challenge for us. I suppose it's just, it's looking at it with the relativity of 2021 behind us. Um, I think that at the, uh, the second half of 2021 was really challenging uh, for for finding people. Uh, so I'm just looking at 2022 as a as a better year. Uh, still not without its challenges, but in terms of, in terms of that sort of things, I think 2022 has been uh, better than the the second half of 2021. Uh, certainly in the food manufacturing business. And you know, I suppose turning attention to uh, to the sort of politics of what's going on, I suppose in terms of the impact of the business community. You know, the UK government is about to turn its attention to the next stage of its NI protocol bill. Jack, just first, how, how have you found? the the NI protocol and has it helped or hindered how you've been doing business? Yeah, I mean, I, um, I think I defer to, to Michael Bell uh, of NIFT on this, who who found a way of summarizing summarizing it in a way that I found particularly helpful. Um, I think for for us, the leaving the European Union potentially caused one hundred problems. Uh, to put it to, to give an example, it caused one hundred problems. The protocol fixed around 90 of those problems uh, and around 10 are left outstanding to give a kind of broad brush overly simplistic approach of how, how we generally view it um, so it's there to to solve a challenge um, and of course it hasn't been fully implemented and if that was to be the case it would throw up a few more challenges um, but broadly speaking uh, it's working and it's better than any other alternative uh, that's been presented as we understand it and in terms of what you, from your own perspective personally as 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 your business how do you what elements are still you know needing to be worked out if you were there to to, to tweak it yourself what what bits and pieces are maybe causing you more grief than they should be yeah i mean <laughs> with all of these things uh john you you possibly better place than i would for this there's there's uh i think with with trade bills, you can't tweak one bit without affecting another bit. So I, I'd be reticent to say that we'd pull apart any part of it, any part of the deal, um, leave any bits, pull any parts apart. I mean, it's it's an incredibly complex moving piece, um, and I'm just you know it would be our ambition that the vast majority would be would be left alone uh, for a period of time just to allow a period of relative stability uh, in in a marketplace where there's so much uncertainty. Uh, and so many challenges to throw another one into it at this particular time would seem uh, would seem like a bit of a misstep. And Darren, just from your own perspective, then um, dealing with the, the companies you're working with on a, on a daily basis, how much of a sort of uh, how much advice or how much querying and, and and assistance are you giving to things like the workings and the protocol and changes or amendments or things that companies can do to kind of mitigate those things? Is it is it still something that companies are still 
thinking about every sort of every day? It's, uh, I mean, I, I like Jack's summary there, John. It's, it's, it's probably something you would be closer to than, than, than even ourselves. And as I reflect on why that's the case, it, it's interesting to hear what Jack's saying there. You know, the protocol has largely solved many of the issues and, and some some uh, of our clients outside of the like of food and so on may not have been as directly impacted. So we, we have not had a huge amount of interaction with our clients around this, which suggests to me that it's not posing significant issues at the minute. Now I realise that with everything in play, that might well change. And Jack couldn't have put it any better. I mean, there's enough live issues that uh, businesses are having to deal with at the minute without layering another major one on top of them. Jack, just looking at the business um, as a whole at the moment, you've you know you've come through um, the the pandemic period, which I, I assume brought up its own challenges, certainly in terms of production. Uh, I, I would imagine demand was was still obviously very much still there, but um, you know coming through that, coming through maybe the current challenges around energy as well, which uh, as you say, hopefully the there will be some easement, I suppose, both government intervention there. Uh, what what's next for Master Rate just in terms of sort of the markets and what you're selling into and the, the size of the scale of, you know of the business going forward? Yes, yeah, so, I mean for us we've we've taken on we've got some brilliant new business that just started there over the weekend with Tesco uh, in uh, in England and Scotland. Uh, we've launched two new products in the last week, which uh, launching new products in 2022 is no mean feat. So our new product development team have done uh, have done an exceptional job uh, in production to get out uh, two brand new products with the Piri Piri fries and the balsamic glazed potatoes uh, just coming out there, uh, which will be available on shelves from this week, which is brilliant. Um, and then the next, what's coming up for us is we've got more listings coming up towards the end of the year, both in retail uh, and grocery, uh, as well as in food service. Uh, lots and lots of new pub chains over in, uh, over in England looking for innovative, fresh new ideas coming in so we've been able to uh, grow the business that way uh i'm delighted to say a lot of that business is coming down through the uh the new fry line which we've just developed and just finished off uh the end of 2021 start of 2022 uh, to get that all live so we've got huge uh huge new volume coming through so we're looking forward to new volume but also new automation uh with the continued investment in uh our robotics here as well as in uh in uh, further further machinery which we've been able to invest in the last uh, uh in the last 12 months i have to say we've got um we got funding from hsbc uh to go out there and and go after these automation projects and then uh Darren, just generally sort of to finish up how um you know we're looking at the landscape at the minute the latest ulster bank pmi actually was out today and it was showing a fourth month of contraction in, in the private sector uh, particularly in, in retail, uh, but also in services and construction as well. Um, and we're seeing a small contraction in, in output in general, um, looking at the, the official stats. Where do you sort of see the economy going in the next, you know, 12 to 18 months this time next year um, in terms of will we you know, be back to growth mode again? Or is it going to be a period of time of, of quite sort of, you know, protracted sort of slowness and slowdown? I think that uh, the reference to the Ulster Bank PMI index is a very cheery reading at the best of times, John, particularly at the minute. Uh, I, I tend not to like to make economic predictions because we, we just don't know what, what, what is going to happen, particularly over the last number of years. But here's the one thing that I would reflect on back to the SME homegrown sector that Jack is representing here. I think it comes down to attitudes and ability for businesses to manage through these really difficult times. And it's just inspiring to hear what Jack's saying there about new lines that they're investing in 
about the, the backing for that and the fact that Jack himself is saying that they're a sixth generation family business. It's just mind blowing. And that that positivity and that belief is what will get uh, uh, homegrown businesses and beyond over the next 12 to 18 months, whatever whatever we're going to face. So I, I won't predict the future, but but I am uh, I have faith in in the sector that we're working with and the, the sort of people and entrepreneurs we're working with. Jack, Darren, thanks very much for your time. Thank you so much, John. You can listen to all the episodes of the Ulster Business Podcast at ulsterbusiness.com, Spotify, Apple, and SoundCloud. Thank you.